What's going on, family? Happy Friday, TGIF, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. It's man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing absolutely well. I hope that you have had an amazing week, and that as we get ready to go into the weekend, you've got some amazing things planned. That's certainly my hope for you today. Certainly a big shout out to everyone who has joined us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. If you're not following, go ahead and give us a follow we would definitely appreciate that we've got some great content for you there also you can subscribe to our podcast uh available wherever it is you're listening to us right now so definitely hit that follow button subscribe and leave a comment for us rate it as well and let people know what you think about this podcast so there's a lot of news to get into as there always is and so we're going to kick things off as we do on fridays with our look at the wednesday night war between aew and NXT. They went head-to-head one more time, and uh, some pretty interesting things went down this week. Dynamite wins the war, 835,000 viewers this week, and that's slightly down from last week's 886,000 viewers. That saw a few things that happened. Of course, uh, Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW Championship, so a pretty big night there for AEW. NXT brought in 696,000 viewers which is slightly up from the week before, which had 689,000 viewers. It featured a battle royal to determine the number one contendership for the NXT women's title and a first ever gauntlet eliminator match to determine the number one contender for NXT's championship currently held by Finn Balor. Of course, we're going to see some title matches go down at the next NXT TakeOver, which is a week from this Sunday. So you may have noticed that NXT looked a wee bit different this week, and that's because some major changes have happened as a number of NXT personnel um, have been hit with what has been considered a COVID-19 outbreak at the Performance Center. So there's rumors that this could have happened as a result of an NXT coach, but a number of folks infected with COVID-19, now they would not acknowledge who all the people were, but if you certainly took a look Look at some of the matches that happened and you saw some of the weird pairings you could kind of deduce what was going on there particularly that tag team number one contenders match uh, that saw literally four tag teams represented with none of their partners there so you had two tag teams of four folks who don't normally team together at all it's kind of weird how they worked that in but they did what they had to do But it just speaks to the fact that it is very possible that NXT and WWE are not taking COVID-19 as seriously as possible. The flip side to it is on the AEW side. COVID has impacted them as well, which is one of the reasons why Lance Archer was not there. He had been in contact with someone who had COVID-19. And I, I can just say this. I have a strong appreciation for organizations who are willing to actually talk about the pandemic and not act like it's not there. So when we see on WWE television, they talk about Sami Zayn's been gone for six months. Well, it's because he didn't want to catch COVID. And I hate that they will ignore the fact that, yeah, these people are not just randomly gone. Roman Reigns wasn't just randomly gone for four or five months these things are a result of the pandemic and i don't think wwe loses by talking about the pandemic but 
Be that as it may, it's not my choice to make. It's their choice to make. And so again, congratulations to AEW for making sure they are open and honest about it. And I think WWE and NXT are going to have some work to do as it's very clear that their folks continue to get infected and impacted. Speaking of impact, we have to talk about the impact of Road Warrior Animal. So in full disclosure, uh, I had finished taping our podcast for Wednesday, um, and it was after that that we got the news about Road Warrior Animal, and it was breaking news at that point. But I'm sure all of you have heard at this point that Joe Laurinaitis, also known to the world as Road Warrior Animal, passed away on Wednesday of natural causes, is what we're hearing, at age 60. It all seemed very, very sudden. Um, for those who don't know, Road Warrior Animal is the brother of John Laurinaitis, also known as Johnny Ace. During WCW days, he was part of the tag team known as the Dynamic Dudes, along with Shane Douglas. And of course, many, certainly in the modern era, would know about him for uh, his work at WWE. Um, at one point being the uh, commissioner or general manager of both Raw and SmackDown at one point. He had the People Power movement. Um, and most recently, he's been on uh, Total Bellas or Total Divas as they took a look at him and his marriage to the Bella mom as well. So he's part of that family. And it's just sad, sad news. The impact of the Road Warriors, who arguably were the greatest tag team in all of pro wrestling, certainly the most intimidating tag team. In my opinion, it's them and the Wild Samoans, uh, intimidating for very different reasons, but intimidating nonetheless. And uh, the Road Warriors run in the NWA, the AWA, WCW, WWE, New Japan, and everywhere else they ended up was just astounding. And so uh, it's kind of scary to think that many years uh, to the month, after the death of Hawk, we get the death of Animal. And uh, it really kind of marks the end of an important phase in the world of pro wrestling. Um, one of the greatest tag teams, one of the greatest eras of tag team wrestling um, officially gone. And so our thoughts and prayers are with the Laurinaitis family, all of the fans and friends of Road Warrior Animal. Just a shocking, shocking piece of news um, there. So we'll move from there to another big piece of news. If you'll remember, uh, quite frankly, the world of pro wrestling has been hit by two major things here in 2020. One of them, of course, being the pandemic. And the second happened this summer being the speaking out movement. And the speaking out movement really had a strong impact on the British pro wrestling scene. Now, the British pro wrestling scene prior to the pandemic was really on fire. You know, whether we had organizations like Progress or, of course, what was going on with the NXT UK brand uh, or several other brands, WXW um, or some of the other brands that were there, Defiant Wrestling, etc., etc., all of them doing amazing things. New Japan had even really made a move into the UK as well. All of that was halted, of course, with the pandemic, but then when the Speaking Out movement came, a number of folks were fired, progress shut down, like it was really, really nuts. So there's some Big, big news coming out of that. Uh, there is a movement called the All-Party Parliamentary Group, 
APPG. It was formed following the Speaking Out movement, and the aim of this organization is to make the wrestling industry a safer space for everyone involved in British wrestling. So yesterday, they officially launched an inquiry into pro wrestling in Great Britain. The purpose of the inquiry is to investigate and evaluate the current successes, challenges, and potential improvements that could be made to the pro wrestling industry in Britain. The notice of inquiry continues, stating that it will address three primary issues. The first issue being the current status of British wrestling, the contribution it makes to Britain, and the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on its success. The second is to review whether the current law and regulations governing the industry are fit for purpose and to uncover models of good practice. The third being to make recommendations rooted in best practices where possible for frameworks to improve or measures to support the industry. In addition, it stated that the MPs want to know what practical measures might be put in place to make wrestling an attractive feature of Britain's offer to the world post-Brexit. This is a very big scenario because what this ultimately is, is the British government saying we want to come in and make sure that British pro wrestling is a safe space to work. Now, again, it's monumental. I can't speak about how big this is because it is monstrous for the world of British wrestling. And so folks from Progress are involved and all of the other wrestling organizations in the UK. You've got to think that NXT UK will be under review and under scrutiny um, with all of this. Not sure what they're going to find, but the idea that the government sees the value of British pro wrestling, that speaks volumes. And we're very interested to see what their findings are going to be. We will keep you posted on that. And if you'd like to stay aware of it, there's a, a Twitter account you can follow. It's at APPG Wrestling, at APPG Wrestling, where you can stay connected with what's happening with uh, this incredible, incredible movement um, from politicians and from the British government to really take a look at British pro wrestling. They have met and uh, they met with uh, British wrestlers Karen Noir and Rhea O'Reilly, uh, both of whom represent progress. So this is going to be a very interesting development. We'll keep you posted on what's going on with that. A couple of things to look out for this weekend. Tonight, we are dropping uh, a very special episode of the SHW podcast for Southern Honor Wrestling, where we are taking a look back at the top 10 moments over the last two years of SHW. Of course, we're celebrating our two-year anniversary next Friday. It's part of Still Here 2. It's going to be amazing, and it's headlined by the main event, Joe Black, looking for an opportunity at the SHW Championship as he takes on the champion, Corey Hollis, and also the SHW tag titles are on the line as Matt and Joey Lynch take on the WWE Hall of Fame tag team, the Rock and Roll Express. I'd like to also get your thoughts on this. We had a, a big interview that took place earlier this week with the SHW champion, Corey Hollis. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. And then later on tonight, we'll be sharing a special sit-down interview that I had a chance to conduct with two members of the new era, David Ali and Owen Knight 
from SHW. You'll want to keep your eyes on this. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very, very intriguing. So definitely check it out. Looking forward to the sit-down interview, which takes place tonight on the SHW Facebook page. All right. By all means, reach out to us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. We definitely want to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever it is that you get your podcast. And join us next time uh, for another great edition of The Faction. Until then, it's your man GB, representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great weekend, guys. I need my people, here we go